Join Sarah Weiss in the infinite field of energetic aliveness and heart-centered wisdom. This is the Earth Love Spirit Podcast. This is Sarah Weiss, your host for the Earth Love Spirit Podcast. As we journey on the spiritual path, we find that old wounds and issues in the tissues come up for clearing. Today on the Earth Love Spirit Podcast, Dr. Debbie Silber, author of the bestseller, The Unshakable Woman, host of the Betrayal to Breakthrough podcast, and president of the Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute, shares how to heal from betrayal and powerfully move forward with your life. Debbie is a force of nature. I hope you can catch her vibe and let it help awaken your healing breakthrough. Now here's my conversation with Dr. Debbie Silber. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you today? Interesting times, isn't it? Whoa, it really is. And we have, I mean, I'm in New York, so it's crazy. But you know, you're hearing about things where things like abuse is up and molestations up. I mean, it's awful. But for so many other people, this is really a time to, you know, get, you have to face yourself and you may not like what you see, but it's a beautiful time to work through it. And it's also such a great time to reconnect and be with family. And, and we're, I feel like we're seeing the best of the best and the, you know, the rest have to really step up their game. They're being called out every which way. Which is why I'm glad you're on the planet. You are a person who calls people out. <laughs> Your whole being is about oh. that. I, oh. uh, well, you know, sometimes a little more harshly than I'm supposed to, but it gets the point across for sure. I love listening to your podcasts. The way I describe you when I was thinking about doing this podcast was you are powerful, authentic, and have an enormous amount of compassion. If we could tap into your wisdom about this, because this has been coming up in a lot of my sessions with people and in my classes, and it's the idea of being both powerful and compassionate. Mm -hmm. Because people tend to look at someone who, who appears powerful and have these old limiting beliefs that someone who is powerful is not going to be compassionate as mm -hmm. well or doesn't have that capability, that it's one or the other. Mm. And that learning how to manifest their power to bring it out from within them, which is naturally there, but mm -hmm. they just, oh, no one ever told me to look over there for that. Mm -hmm. People tend towards being the good girl or the good good boy to, mm -hmm. oh, I should be compassionate and don't know how to be powerfully compassionate. Mm. And to me, you are one of the people that really, really are an expression of that. Uh, I look at it that if something bad happens to you, and you know, it's bad, we, we can define good or bad or whatever, but we have an obligation to do something really good with it. And it's when we do something really good with it, that's where that power comes from. You know, otherwise it's just a bad game of hot potato. 
Can you say a little more? I mean, that was a huge tidbit, but mm -hmm. I want to make sure that people know how to kind of dive into that and get a little grip on what you just said, because that was actually a mouthful. Mm -hmm. And let's pull that apart a little so people can understand how that, how that brings you to your power. Mm -hmm. Sure. Okay. So you know, here we have whatever the trauma is, you know, death of a loved one, disease, devastation of some kind, abuse, betrayal, financial crisis, abandonment, whatever. And we're, we're really left with, with an opportunity. And I think we don't look at it like that because it's so easy just to see what we've lost. And we definitely have lost something. I mean, in the betrayal community, there's, we're left with not only what we've lost, but there needs to be this complete rebuilding of the self, rejection, abandonment, uh, worthiness, confidence, trust, belonging. They all have to be rebuilt. And that is no small job. It's a really big job. So when we, and I say within my community, we need to face it, feel it, heal it. And it's when we do exactly that, that's how we see how strong we are. You know, otherwise, Otherwise, we don't know. And, and I use this analogy, and this will explain it. It's, and and I, know, I don't know about everybody else, but I, I've been doing a lot of cleaning and clearing out things, and it's been wonderful. And it's like if you have, let's just take a messy garage. And let's say you have that messy garage and you're avoiding it. And you think it's not buying for your attention, but you truly don't enjoy going in there because it's a big old mess. And you avoid it. And then there's that one day where you say, you know what? I'm going in. And think about what happens. You grab your garbage bags and, and you're headed in, you roll up your sleeves. Now think about what goes on. You're making piles of, I'll toss this, I'm going to get rid of this, I'm going to fix this. And it actually looks messier and it looks worse at first. But if you continue, you donate, you toss, you fix, and you put back what's left and think about the feeling that you have now. Now you stand back with pride because you're enjoying the space. But you can only enjoy that space because you went in there and you did the work. And that's exactly what happens when we move through our trauma. It's only when we do the work to move in, slay those dragons, face those fears, that's when we've earned that level of confidence. We've earned that feeling of empowerment. We don't get that when we numb, avoid, distract. You know, people choose those options because sure, it, it may take the edge off. It may take it, make things a little bit easier, but it follows you around like a shadow. It's when you, it's when you say, okay, you know what? This is, this is something big that needs my attention. And there's a best version of me waiting on the other side. I have no idea what that version of me will look like, will feel like, will believe any of it. But it's in that willingness, and that's the biggest word, in that willingness, that's when we venture forward. And what's so amazing is there's this, it's like the death of the old, and it really is. It's a death of the old identity and a rebirth of the new. And I was just listening to um, Michael Beckwith the other day, and he explained it. I love this term. He said it's a birthquake. Mm. <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> and isn't that what this is? When we uh, let go of those old layers of ourselves that no longer serve, we're, and now we're recreating the rules, we're setting new boundaries, we're really recreating who we want to be based on what we've experienced, this new identity is 
a new version of us and that feeling of strength and confidence, it's earned. And the only way to do it is to face it, feel it, heal it. Mm. Love it. Debbie, for my listeners who might be new to your work, can Mm -hmm. you give us a little background on how you came to be the expert on betrayal? You certainly know a lot about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't study something like betrayal unless you have to. And mm-hmm. and uh, I had, it was a horrible family betrayal. I mean, it was so devastating. And I thought I learned the lessons I needed to learn. And you know how the universe works. When you don't quite get the lesson, you get more opportunities. And uh, so I did. And I had this opportunity with my husband. Ugh. Devastating, blindsided, shocked everything anybody else who's listening to this has experienced. I mean, they're, they're, I, I'm convinced it's one of the most painful of the human experiences uh, because these are, I mean, in my experience, it was my family and then my husband. I mean, these are the people that you trust the most. And what happens is, you know, think about it. When these are the people you trust the most and these are the ones who blindside us and who just do create such, such pain, what do you do? So this may not be what, what other people would do, but one of my first realizations was that I need to change. And, and here's where the lesson gets learned. And, and I said, I need to change. I have no idea what that looks like, but it's always been about everybody else. And I was always last on my list and I've four kids and six dogs and you know, it was always about everybody else. And I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm enrolling in a PhD program in transpersonal psychology. And Sarah, this was so divinely led. I, I can't even tell you the pull to this program. And, um, and, tra- and transpersonal psychology is the psychology of transformation and human potential. I was obsessed with knowing how the mind works and why we do what we do and how I can heal. And while I was in the program, it was time to do a study. So I chose to study betrayal what holds us back, what helps us heal, and what happens to us physically, mentally, and emotionally when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive. And that study led to three groundbreaking discoveries. It completely changed my life, completely changed my business, uh, completely changed my family. You know, and, and one of the most profound things that I learned was Rebuilding is always a choice, whether we rebuild ourselves and move on, and that's what I did with my family, or if the situation lends itself, if you're willing and if you want to, you rebuild an entirely new uh, relationship with the person who hurt you. And that's what I did with my husband. You know, Not long ago, we, we married each other again. New rings, new vows, new dress, and this time our four kids is our bridal party. <laughs> so... So you never know, you never know what healing will lead to, but what you do know is that healing is always a choice. And see, you convey that in a powerful and compassionate way. Thank you. Someone just needs to listen to you, to feel your energy, to feel your heart, and it's possible to open up to new possibilities for them. So mm-hmm. glad that you have your podcast. It's a really brave podcast. Thank you. It's uh, you know, one of the one of the biggest points I always try to share is because we take it, and that's the nature of betrayal, that it's so personal. And and one of the, if I can make sure everyone understands this, it's this: 
even though it happened to you, it's not about you. And it's so hard to believe, like in my scenario, you know, with first with my family, I mean, it, it's, it's bizarre. And you, especially when it, when this begins so early on, so you're conditioned to think what's, what's wrong with me? What, what's the, what is it that I'm doing? And we, we assume the responsibility and, and Sarah, I'll tell you, this happened so long ago. I remember being very young and thinking, you know, what if it's not me? And that thought terrified me. I, I felt like I was going against all the giants, you know, my my parents and my brother, and it was so scary. And I remember seriously being like 10, thinking, what would happen if I watered that seed? Maybe it's, you know, what if it's not me? And I did. And the what if it's not me really turned into, you know, I don't think it's me. And and this was terrifying, a terrifying belief to to even put much stock in. And I said, well, what if you keep watering that? And it turned into, I think it's not me. And then I kept going with it. And then I remember I was about 18 and I said, holy smokes, I didn't quite say that. (laughs) (laughs) It's them. And there was something so freeing and so liberating in knowing that these are these are young souls. These are young souls. Young souls do what young souls do. And and then same thing with my husband. You know, at the time, you know, we we live and react from our current level of consciousness. You know, here I have six dogs. I wouldn't expect a dog to not act like a dog. So it it dawned on me, I said, well, well, then how could I possibly expect a young soul to act like they're not? And and I'll tell you what that did to shift how I felt about things really, really helped. Wow. How many lifetimes did it take to bring that into this lifetime? (laughs) I'm sure this isn't my first go around. (laughs) To understand that when you're 10 years old is gigantic. To just even have that breakthrough. Well, because I, I knew it wasn't right. And I, I felt like, why is it that I can have a friend? They think I'm nice. You know, they think I'm worthy. They think I'm deserving. They think I'm okay. But I'll tell you, it's, you know, it's such a huge struggle because you think, well, why is it that the people that I, I have all of my faith and trust in don't see me that way? So do you believe the one friend on the playground who's willing to play with you? Or do you believe the biggest influences in your life? And, and that was uh, a conundrum for sure. And, and it really rocked my world when I was even willing to, to just consider that thought. And I don't know, I, I just kept going with it and really seeing, and then, and this is what happens too. There's a, you know, one of, well, one of the discoveries was that there are five stages of, uh, from healing that we will go through when we're healing from betrayal. And what I see so often is there's this one particular stage and this is stage four. And this is when we're finding and adjusting to a new normal. And I always equate it to, if you were to move into a new house, condo, office, apartment, whatever, you wouldn't necessarily bring everything with you. You're adjusting to this new normal. You're, you're kind of making this new sort of space for yourself. 
And what's so interesting is what I see with people who are healing, they start outgrowing a lot of their friendships and a lot of their relationships. Mm -hmm. And they get so upset because they say, what what the heck is going on with me? Why is it that I just don't want to be with my friends anymore? I just don't, I don't feel like I belong. And we think we're crazy until we understand we're recreating a new version of ourselves. And this new version may not be willing to tolerate gossip or judgment or whatever that low level energy that the old version of you didn't mind, didn't notice. The new version of you does. So it's something that I see so often and, and I've experienced it. And when you understand what it is, it really, uh, it takes the pressure off because we do. One of the things that I see so often is we, we do break away from these relationships that we could have had. And I'm not even talking about necessarily the person who betrayed you, but the, the people in our circle during that time. You know, and this could also be, I remember, just even when you lose someone you love, you know, I, I remember my, I, you know, my mom passed away 22 years ago. And, you know, a lot of people just didn't know how to respond. They, they felt awkward or uncomfortable. You really see what, how people show up. But I remember even from back then, I remember saying, well, you know what I learned from this? Even if I don't know what to say, I'm just going to babble and just say, I have no idea what to say to you. I'm here. You know, and that's the gift. If we learn from each of our experiences, then it was sort of at least trauma well spent. Trauma well spent. Wow. Mm-hmm. So people can be growing and, and really expanding and finding the truth of their being within them. And then they find that either that's when something happens, like a friend decides they don't want to be friends with them anymore, mm-hmm. or some, you get fired from a job, or mm-hmm. the husband does something, or the partner does something. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because you can either see it from the point that you are growing, or you may not realize that you have grown, and then what happens around you mm-hmm. shows you that you've outgrown many of the people and things in your life. Yeah. And, and if we don't understand it, it's, it's frightening. And, you know, I look at it like this picture a little, let's just say a, a, a young boy and he has his favorite stereotypical blue shirt, right? And he grows and he outgrows the shirt. The shirt doesn't become bad. He's just outgrown it. And it's in that growth that we just outgrow some things that either we didn't notice, we didn't pay attention to, or we weren't awake and aware enough to see that it just isn't a fit anymore. So it's not that it makes it wrong or bad that we've outgrown them, but we're, we're resonating at a different level. We're looking for something deeper, more meaningful. And we just see who, the, who these people are, and we can, we can love them and appreciate them for who they are, or not, you know, mm-hmm. um, but we're looking for something else. And I'll tell you, even just with my own uh, betrayal, just with my husband, it's so interesting because some friends were right there, so loving, so supportive. Some really stayed back as if it were contagious, right. you know, and they, and they were afraid, well, if I hang out with you, what's going to happen uh, in my relationship? And it's really interesting because seeing this happen over the years in, in as i've grown in other areas 
it wasn't that big of a shock. But when you don't realize it, and if those are the only people in your world, that's when it's uncomfortable. But when you look at it and say, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm growing and I need to surround myself with people who are just, who are just kind of hanging out at a, a different energetic level. And then you, you grow into that and you, f- and you know it, you know how it is when you feel this person gets it, this person, maybe they've been sort of banged up a bit too. <laughs> and, and, and they're just looking at the world differently or they're not as judgmental or critical. I'll tell you when my, when my daughter came out, that was another thing. I lost friends over that. Mm. And it was the same thing. People didn't know what to say as if there was something wrong, you know, and, and it's okay. I, I get, I understand. Um, but I, but we have a choice with who we spend our time with and, you know, it's, I can, again, love them for who they are, accept them for who they are. But if that's all I had and all I, I ever believed I'd have access to, it's a lonely journey. Listeners, you really need to hear this. You need to let this sink in because you are so much more than you believe you are. You have so many resources within you. You need to catch what Debbie's sending out here. (laughs) And and that's the gift in these traumas. And I see it time and time again, where, you know, something happens and we have that choice to stay stuck. And it's certainly a choice. And many of us do. And then we, you know, we have that victim story and then it becomes our identity. I mean, in, in my community, if I tell you, by the time I'm working with someone, they, you know, let's say someone gets divorced and it's, I'm divorced, I'm divorced, I'm divorced, I'm divorced. At what point are you single again? You know, and it's, it's when, you know, when we hang on to this victim story of what happened to us, it holds us, not only does it hold us back, it, it makes us so sick too. I mean, look at even my story. I had a great story. I was, it was very powerful. I could get a lot of sympathy from a lot of people, but I look at it and say, but that's all you get. So yeah, I have my victim story, but instead, if, if I can open up this huge community for people who've been betrayed and certify all these coaches and practitioners and bring amazing experts like you onto my podcast and into my world to help these people. And now people know that that healing from betrayal isn't just hopeful or possible, it's predictable. And, and I can have a new marriage and, and new, I mean, my kids, what they've done with this, it's such a better story. It really is. I'd like to bring up one one thing that's interesting to me and was part of my experience in my uh, first marriage where I had a betrayal experience. Mm-hmm. And that was the sense of the vow, of, mm-hmm. of how real the vow was for me yeah. and how deep it was in my heart and soul. Mm-hmm. It's, yes. it's so painful. It's, there are no other words. I mean, it's so painful because I looked at it exactly like you and, and I live so simply, you know, if it's going to hurt somebody, don't do it, period. And I just assume, wrongly assume that everybody else is living by, you know, those same rules. And it's, it's such a shock. And, and I'm also, you know, a highly sensitive empath. And I know you do a lot of work around that. And so we feel things so deeply 
and the highs and the lows, you know, and, and so that vow to me meant meant everything too. But then again, I'm also incredibly spiritual. And I and for sure that's what that's what helped me because I'll never forget and it is one of my episodes. I have my uh, intuitive coach. I see her every couple of months. And I'll never forget in the beginning, I walked in and she said, oh my gosh, Debbie, how you planned this. Planned? Mm. She said, oh yeah. You needed something so catastrophic. So you crash and burn. So the marriage was destroyed. So you know, so my husband could become the, the father, the husband, the friend he signed up to be. And you will be creating, you'll be writing books and creating this community and doing all these things. And I thought she was downright crazy. Every single thing <laughs> she said has happened. And she said, this was a soul contract. And, and, you know, you hear that at first and you're like, oh, forget that is so nuts, you know, but, but then seeing how she was totally right. And it, 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 it I think if I, I know if I weren't spiritual, if I didn't have 10 years of spirituality under my belt by that point, and if I just looked at it from the, the human aspect of it, it's an absolute deal breaker. There's no other way to view this. But I looked at it and saying, what if she's right? If she's right, what would happen if I was willing to just heal myself and just see what happens here? knowing I did the best I could, what would, what would show up? And that's the way I approached it. That is a courageous step. That takes a lot of gumption to be able to say that and truly do it. Yeah. You know, forgiveness is just a word until you actually do it. Mm-hmm. You know? And um, by far the hardest, hardest thing I've ever done because I'm, uh, you know, my ego was very much in the way because there was not a cell of me that found it okay. Um, and so, you know, the first thing I did is okay, well, I, I got him out of the house and um, just so I could think clearly. And it was helpful too because the kids, I mean, I had four teenage kids at the time and they knew he actually sat them down and told them. And I think that was a big part of his transformation. There's something about four kids looking at you saying, you did what, you know, to our mom. And if anything is going to have you fall from grace and wake you up, it's that. Um, And I just, and they, they just were really behind me saying, mom, whatever you want to do, we're good. We're okay. This is your call. And that gave me the space to say, okay, I'm going to just do my own healing work here and, uh, and see, and just see what happens. And so I saw, you know, the intuitive coach, and then she actually recommended someone that he should see and walked in for his first appointment. And, uh, he sat down and, and this Paul, who's become a dear friend said, you know, the first meeting, oh my God, you were such a, you know, and you know, just a whole bunch of words. And then has said to me since, he said, Debbie, I've been doing this 26 years. I have never seen someone so radically transform. Um, so that was, but that was part of his path. You, you know, mine was totally different. Um, and, and it's been an incredibly challenging 
for sure, process because I have a strong ego. I'm stubborn. None of this makes sense. You know, I'm, I'm being judged and critiqued and criticized. Uh, but I don't know. It's working. Well, it, it sounds like it brought you back to a place of trusting yourself. Mm-hmm. It's not about placing the trust outside of us, but exactly. finding it within. And it's so funny you say that my book that's coming out is called Trust Again. And this ah. has been the most gigantic lesson in trust. And you know, I use, I use an example in the book because when trust is shattered, I had no idea how precious and how fragile and how hard it is to, to build trust. And, and I use this analogy of like, let's say there's, there's a bird and this bird is building a nest for its inhabitants, whatever's going to live in there, right? And stick and little sticks and twigs and all kinds of things. And it's the bird that builds the nest. And it's so that these little chicks are going to feel so supported and safe and nurtured and taken care of. Now imagine that bird who built the nest is the very one who shatters it into a million pieces. Whoever's living in there has just one of two choices. You survive or you perish. That's it. And that's really what betrayal feels like. It, you're, you're shocked because this was the person who had you feel safe and secure and, and you know, you're, you're trying to make sense and meaning out of it. So to rebuild it, it's a gigantic process, but can it be done a hundred percent? But it does start with, with you. I have a, um, you know, in the book, I talk about a four-step trust rebuilding process just for that reason, because it is so gigantic and so hard to rebuild, but we can. And you have another book. I do, Tell The Unshakable about- Woman. That's it's about rebuilding your body, mind, and life after a life crisis. Four mm-hmm. steps to rebuilding your body, mind, and life after a life crisis. The Unshakable Woman. And there's a workbook that, that goes with it too, just to dive in even deeper. Beautiful. So let's go back to the idea of the soul contracts. Can we mm-hmm. do that? Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. Because as soon as we get into more of the multidimensional aspects of ourselves and we find out that there is a whole life that we've created based on something we haven't been in touch with. And how do you work? Do you work with that with your clients? Do you? You know, no, I, I, I'm so interested in it. And I, I see people like you to, to teach me this stuff, but that's not like, that's something I would recommend. And I would recommend others because, um, that's, that's not my wheelhouse, but I'm a student for sure. But you got the idea when your intuitive guide said to you, that was a contract. How did mm-hmm. that feel? Oh, How did you own that? You know, it was the kind of thing where it sounded nice. I was hesitant to really accept that or believe it. But if I could believe it, then it gives all of the pain some meaning because if it just seems like something completely random and then you're just then you've just taken the biggest sucker punch for no reason if there's a bigger purpose to it and whether the biggest purpose is doing something like creating a, a, a way to help others heal from from it or but everybody who's experienced some sort of trauma there's some 
upside to it. And I know that sounds so crazy, but that's what post-traumatic growth is. It's the upside. It's the new insight, new perspective, new awareness that you, you didn't have access to before then. And, and we never know. We never know really what that is. And we don't know you know, what we, what we came here for. Like, who knows, maybe I signed up for a gigantic lesson in truly learning forgiveness uh, and trust. You know, we don't know. But, but hearing that this was a soul contract at least gave me the, the hope that there's, there's a reason for all this pain. Mm. And that really was helpful. And I, it, it just, and it gave me a little bit of, of leeway with, okay, so now if that's true, I'm just going to sort of put that on the back burner. Nice to know, but I'm going to put that on the back burner and I'm just going to heal and just see what unfolds without any expectation, without, without any agenda. Hard to do, but at least I know I did the best I could and let's see. And then it's amazing to think back to those early conversations and really to see that how spot on that is, you know, these soul contracts. I mean, it's, it's amazing. It, it, it really gives such comfort it, for me. Anyway, it gave me comfort and peace to know that there was a reason for this. What I'm seeing and what I saw for myself in many relationships mm -hmm. is we enter them kind of in a fantasy world, mm -hmm. but not only that, um, when I'm looking at the energy of people that very often they're connecting maybe from the second chakra, first chakra, what we call love mm -hmm. is actually more of a need uh, that needs to be fulfilled. And we think that by linking up with the person that we get married to or come into partnership with mm -hmm. is going to fulfill that need. And so it's more like a lower level love is what I would call it because it's based out of need rather than choice or a love centered within yourself. Mm -hmm. And when a betrayal happens or something happens to crash that agreement, and usually it's an agreement. It's mm -hmm. like, I'm going to do this for you. You do this for me and we'll merrily go on our way. Mm -hmm. But when something crashes that agreement and opens it up, the opportunity to grow spiritually into your own sense of self-love, of universal love, of finding everything that you were looking for in the other person within yourself is one of the greatest opportunities. You're so right. And really, that's what's happened for both of us. It's, it's a completely new relationship based on a completely new version of him and a completely new version of me. I, I never would have done it. Otherwise, it's too painful. It's too hard. But what's been so interesting is I barely recognize myself. You know, the old version of me who was so willing to accept, you know, less than it, it just doesn't exist just doesn't exist. It really is a new, a new identity. You see yourself differently. You, you speak differently. You act and react differently because you've, you've climbed your way back up out of something that you never thought you could heal from. And you appreciate things so much, so much more and so much more differently. 
because I see things differently. And how I show up in, in business, and I'm, I'm the same. I mean, how I am in business or not. I mean, I think business is just the highest expression of ourselves when we're doing the work that we're called to do. And, uh, but there's just a, it feels congruent. It just feels like it's an easier way to live. You know, I just, I feel good. There's a, a like just a, a natural confidence where I think I had to hope I was confident or, you know, and that's not to say I'm not afraid. I'm terrified every day I'm doing something new and I'm a rookie in some new area of life constantly. But it's this confidence of just keep trying and who cares if it doesn't work, then you'll try something else. And it's, um, it's an easier in a lot of senses, an, an easier and much more fun way to live. You know, Debbie, as you were just speaking, your energy just raised to another frequency. Did you feel that? <laughs> You know, I, I feel so great speaking to you. Maybe I don't know what it's due to. I just feel good. <laughs> it just was a whole lot of light coming through you Aww. and radiating out to the listeners, which is why the Earth Love Spirit podcast came into being. It's, mm. it's just, I wanted this high frequency energy to be conveyed through a technology that was easy for people to tap into. So tell us more about your podcast. Sure. And you know, and, and the most important message I would love to get through to everybody, if you hear one thing, I'm not doing anything that anyone else mm. couldn't do. I mean, it, it's just you're hearing about my journey. Every single soul has a unique journey. And you know this, Sarah, and everybody's here for some, for some purpose. And, you know, maybe I'm just expressing it in, in this aspect, in this area, in this arena of betrayal, but everyone has one. And I feel like whatever it is that happens to us, let's just figure that out so we can, we can find our unique recipe to help others because that's, I mean, could you imagine if everybody found what they were here to do and then they just did that to help the planet? I mean, think about how great that would be. That and would I'm, be my dream. <laughs> right? And and that's it. Everybody has one. So I, I hope in just you know me sharing my story, it's having everybody think, wow, you know what? This happened to me or that happened to me. What can I do with that? But anyway, back to your question. So the, my podcast is From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I bring in the most amazing experts. You were such a, such a great guest on the show, uh, people like you. But really coming from every single area, physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, that can help someone heal from betrayal of a family member, partner, friend, coworker, self. Self is a big one. Think about it. It could be as, you know, we can look at it like, uh, well, I won't eat those cookies again. And then I do. To the extreme of this relationship, it, I'm being abused on every level and I'm not doing anything about it. That's self-betrayal. And I see this so often in the betrayal community where someone, let's say, let's say they, you know, there was a betrayal and then they know it's not in their best interest to stay. They know the person has no remorse, has no intention of changing, doing anything differently. And they stay and, you know, tell that to your heart that you're okay. Because I'll tell you, there were three groups in my study who did not heal. And the group where the betrayer had no consequences, not only did they not heal, they were the most physically ill. Because 
it's living a lie. It's, and I get it. You know, people are so afraid, well, I can't afford to leave, or I don't want to break up a family or for religious reasons. And, you know, so many of just fear, just downright fear. So they stay. Um, but that's a self-betrayal because if you do not feel safe and valued and, and you're staying in a scenario where you're feeling that, you know, you're, what are, you're here for more than that. Why is that okay? You know, and I see so often, especially with women, I mean, I'm sure men go through this too, but I see with women, they're so willing to give 80% and, and expect 20 in return. Like, why is that okay? Why is that okay? I love this. Let's keep going. Yeah. You know, like, why is it okay that you can exhaust yourself? You have your full-time job during the day. You come home and you, you're doing everything humanly possible you know, at home as well. And then let's say, and this doesn't have anything to do with the betrayal, but let's just say, you know, that's your scenario. And then your, 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 let's say your partner on a Saturday morning takes the kids out for breakfast, you know, and, and, and they're the hero for the week. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that because that was absolutely, you know, in my, I can say my, my old marriage, that's what was going on. I remember, I'll never forget working so hard trying to run a business and four kids. And we only had four dogs at the time and, <laughs> and doing, trying to do everything, really exhausting myself, burning myself out. And he would take out the kids it's really for breakfast on a Saturday morning. The waitresses would help feed my kids because of how overwhelmed it seemed. It seemed so hard. Oh my gosh, you're such a good husband. Where's your wife? Oh, she's, she's working out. I gave her the morning off. And, and the most I would get is, wow, you have your hands full lady, you know? And it's like, why is that okay? It's not okay. It's not okay. And when we don't speak up about it, we get incredibly resentful. And I did. Um, but we need to rewrite the rules here because all that happens, and this was definitely the case with me, we take on so much because we can until we can't. And I made myself so sick because there was no, uh, there was no break. There was no downtime. There was complete and utter destruction of just my body and my level of stress. And I got to the point I couldn't get out of bed. I mean, it was, it was awful. You know, I would like to bring this around to something that I'm seeing happening in the world in our evolution as uh, an aware species. Because in order to get to the point where you can break through the programming mm-hmm. that says that allows you to stay in that place and not think anything is wrong, mm-hmm. it has yeah. been a program that is breaking up planetarily. I mean, Mm. the energy that is coming into our planet and the light that's filtering in and raising the consciousness, it's not quite all visible yet, but there's this light and illumination that's coming into the human consciousness now that is going to help people be able to see it because you have to be able to see it and feel it. Mm -hmm before you can change it, just like you say. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you hadn't gotten to that point of exhaustion, you wouldn't have, and then had the betrayal. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh my God, you know, um, that's a little too much for anyone to go through. Then you may not have moved forward. You may have found another way to go through another round. 
Wow. There's your power. There's mm. your power showing through. <laughs> so is there anything else that you would like to leave our listeners with today? Uh, do you have any current programs starting? Um, how do you work with people? How do, yeah. how do they get in touch with you? We will have this in the in the podcast notes, but I'd love for you to share it. Sure. Thanks. I would say the first thing everybody needs to do is, you know, one of the, one of the discoveries was that there's this unique collection of symptoms, physical, mental, and emotional, so common to betrayal. It's known as post betrayal syndrome. So Mm. everyone really needs to take that quiz because you'll see to what extent you're still struggling. So that's, that's at PBT as in post betrayal transformation, pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. What are those symptoms? What are, can you share some of those? Yeah, sure. There's, there's this collection. So physically, it's, uh, it's extreme exhaustion. It's digestive issues, which are so common. You know, think about what the digestive system does. does it absorbs, processes, and digests. Isn't it hard to absorb, process, and digest a betrayal? Like, mm-hmm. is it any wonder, right? Um, so physical symptoms. Mental would be mental chaos, confusion, overwhelm. Um, you know, anxiety, emotionally, it's sadness, depression, rage. Um, there's, but it's this host of them all together. Any one of them on their own creates a bad day. Imagine all of them all at one time. Any more? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, there's, there's just, there's, there's so many and, and it really shows up a little bit differently. Some may have a little more uh, on the physical, some a little more on the mental or emotional, but there's zero chance that there, there's not some leftover from an unhealed betrayal. And, and I'll tell you, we see it also with, um, like, let's say in relationships, you know you have an unhealed betrayal if you keep having repeat betrayals. You know, the faces change, but it's the same thing. Or if you put, put that big wall up, nope, no one's getting close to me. You know, you keep out the bad guys, but you keep out the good guys too. We see it in health. If you have any, you know, a, a stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease, at the root of many of those is an unhealed betrayal. And we see it at work where someone may want to be that team player, but they're afraid. The person they trusted the most proved untrustworthy. How can they trust a boss or a coworker? Or... They want to ask for that raise or promotion. They deserve it, but their confidence was shattered in the betrayal. So they don't have the confidence to ask and they're bitter and resentful instead. You know, and that's what they bring to work with them every day. So, so many ways we know there's an unhealed betrayal. Fabulous. So Debbie, uh, when you're working with people, do you, you work with people one-on-one in classes, groups? Mm-hmm. What, what do you do? Yeah, we have our Betrayal to Breakthrough program, which literally walks you through the five stages of betrayal. And and now, uh, just because of what's going on in the world, we're really offering that for whatever. So it's it's two ninety seven, but we're offering that for whatever someone can afford. Uh, and people are just loving that program. And in about a month, we're opening up our new membership community. So anybody who joins the program will be considered an alumni, and they get all kinds of discounts and bonuses for for being that. That's extremely generous. So does that uh, start on a rotating basis? When's the next uh, program starting? That's continual. So that's just available when someone wants to sign up and people are shocked that they can access the program, you know, at such a discounted rate and, and so grateful. And they have the time, um, you know, they have more time than they usually have and they wouldn't have been able to afford it. So it's, it's bringing a lot of healing um, and, and it feels good. That's wonderful. So this is a perfect time 
for people mm -hmm. to heal their betrayal on behalf of themselves as well as the planet. Mm -hmm. Because when we become healthy and bright and strong and compassionate, we are beacons of light and positivity for the planet, which we certainly need right now. Mm -hmm. uh, overcoming all your fears, knowing that you can become confident again, that what happened to you was not because of you, but how someone else is. Um, it's not your responsibility. It's your responsibility to take care of your part, to grow yourself into the fullness of your being. Debbie, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. Oh, Sarah, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Earth Love Spirit Podcast. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.